What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You know, I just got to thank God for these players coming together and the way that they played. It's a really cool group. Halloween right around the corner. What are we dressing up as? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Joker. Maybe Jimbo has a Joker outfit for me. Thanks, Coach. (laughs) What's up, players? This is the Talk of Champions franchise player. Always. Boss player. Forever. This is the Franchise Player Post Game Show. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit on three. He writes for Inside the Rebels 247. And Ole Miss is 8-1 and one, headed into its bye week, following a 31-28 to 28 win at Texas A&M. And, David, it wasn't pretty, especially to start, and it got a little more uncomfortable than it needed to at the end. But Ole Miss is 8-1 and one going into the bye. They did exactly what they needed to do, so I'm not complaining. How are you? I'm good, and it doesn't matter if it wasn't pretty. Uh, The mission statement was to go into College Station and win. Ole Miss did that. And if you go back to before the season started and you ask any Ole Miss fan, we're going to pick it up on November 12th against Alabama, possibly with first place in the West and an inside track to Atlanta on the line. Everybody would have took that, period. Um, I had Ole Miss going 10 and 2. One of my losses was at College Station. Obviously, things have shifted with the projection of the Aggies uh, throughout the course of the year, but it is what it is. You got to November 12th with everything you want the mecca of college football, prime time. All eyes are going to be on Oxford. Um, we should find out Monday what time that game kicks off. And everybody can plan accordingly. I mean, it is going to be one of the biggest Saturdays in the modern era of Ole Miss football, period. Whenever you want to say that starts, 1970, 1980, 1998, 2000, I don't care. It's one of the biggest Saturdays. 
that has been in Oxford, Mississippi. So mission accomplished tonight. I don't care how ugly it was. We knew it was going to be a dogfight. It was played down to the very end of the game, but eight and one, Ben, it's hard not to love it. The way it started, I was worried. I'm sure everybody else was too. Uh, Texas A&M with a true freshman at quarterback came in ranked in the hundreds in multiple offensive categories and just moved up and down the field on Ole Miss twice to go 14 to seven. And then Ole Miss to stay in the game, went for it on fourth and four from their own 15, a direct snap to the up back in JJ Pegues on a punt, a fake punt to keep the drive going and to get Ole Miss to 10 uh, eventually as Quinshawn Judkins ran all over Texas A&M. He finished with 205 on 34 carries. Both were career highs. Ole Miss rushed for 390 yards on 63 total attempts for a 6.2 yards per carry average. So as bad as it started and as not great as it ended, just as far as allowing points again, because Ole Miss did not allow more points after the first 14 for the next two quarters until the fourth quarter. So 14 in the first, nothing in the next two, 14 in the fourth. I'll take it, and Ole Miss is 8-1, and one, uh, but it didn't look great early. But kudos to them for bouncing back and staying with it and winning the game. Yeah, insert the happy birthday song here because it was also Quinshawn Judkins' birthday today. And uh, what a way to turn 18. Turned 18 today. That's and wild. As you mentioned, 205 yards on the ground, 34 carries. I mean, you know, is Quinshawn Judkins a Heisman Trophy candidate? I'm not asking if he'll win it, but should his name be thrown around in uh, in the Heisman race right now? I think it should be. Um, to be honest with you, Jordan Rogers brought him up as a Heisman candidate at the end of the game. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's the best freshman running back in the country. And if you want to name the top five running backs in the country, I'm putting Quinshawn Judkins in that top five. Now, as far as Connor Wigman went tonight for AM, you mentioned the first couple of drives. I mean, he had a hell of a game. 338 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. But AM rushed for a grand total of 142 yards tonight. Devin A. Chain had 138 of those, almost like a, a, a role reversal of what you saw with Judkins last week at LSU where he had 111 of the Rebels, 116. Achon with 138 of the Aggies, 142 tonight. They were very one-dimensional on the ground. It's not at all crazy to talk about Quinchon Jukins as a Heisman candidate. He's already gone over 1,000 yards for the year with three games left. He scored at least one touchdown in seven of eight career games. And in a game where Zach Evans, the, a former five-star prospect, the number one running back in the country, a decorated transfer from TCU. He came back and he played, unlike against LSU, and was dynamic, and yet he got eight carries for 75 yards, which is objectively great. That's a great use. That's yeah. 9.4 yards per carry. But the featured guy was Quinshawn. And Ulysses Bentley, you know, Lane Kiffin said on Rep Talk on Thursday, Ulysses Bentley fully healthy for Texas A&M, and he's nowhere yeah. to be found because Quinshawn Judkins is rushing 34 times for 205 and a touch. And the biggest yeah, – also, also, don't forget Lane pointing out that moving forward, Ole Miss was going to try to protect Jackson Dart from the run game. Dart, 17 carries, 95 yards tonight. How many third downs did Jackson Dart come up big on, keep drives going alive? Jackson Dart 
three touchdown passes tonight of 13 of 20, 140 yards, but it was his legs, his ability to scramble, his ability to get positive yardage that that really kept drives going and and played a part in Ole Miss winning the game. Ole Miss is up 24 to 14 with a little over a minute left in the, in the third quarter. And here comes Texas A&M. They drive down, they score. It's 24-21 with 9-11 to go. And you're thinking, oh, God, if Ole Miss does its typical thing that it's done and wilt in second halves of games, then they're going to go three and out here, give the ball back to Texas A&M, and it's just going to be a mess to end. Instead, the very first play of the next drive was Quinshawn Juckins going for over 60. That run, that 60-yard run, that put the game away. Yeah, Judkins has the opportunity to run for – you figure Ole Miss has four games left, maybe even five if things break their way. He's got an opportunity to run for 1,600, 1,700 yards this season. Oh. He averaged six yards a carry tonight on 34 totes. Um, j- just a fabulous night. He's the game MVP as far as I'm concerned, um, and we'll get to that later on. But, man, just a great team effort. I mean – Fraser Masson's punt there at the end that Penn Texas A&M deep went for 60 yards. That was huge. Jonathan Cruz's field goal in the second quarter. The three points proved to be the difference in the ball game right there. Um, I I mean, defensively, you know, you had a lot of guys in on tackles tonight. Ashani Sistrunk led everybody with nine. Um, You know, it was just a good team effort. The D-line, you know, stiffened and and, and really didn't let A&M run the ball the way they wanted to run the ball. Um, just a good effort all the way around, definitely. There, there's still and, some uh, problems for the You know, an injured A.J. Much. Finley out there playing his butt off tonight. Uh, I got to hand it to A.J. as well. Um, proud of this team. I'm proud of the way they bounced back. Uh, this was not an easy assignment to go into A&M. And, and I told everybody last week, Everybody would feel better about this team if they went into College Station and got a win. And I think you and I both feel better about this team. Uh, You've got two weeks now to prepare for Alabama. Alabama's got to go to Baton Rouge Saturday and play a very physical LSU team. So, you know, what can Lane Kiffin do with two weeks? A, number one, he's got to heal everybody up. He needs everybody ready to roll in that game. And two, he can scratch all kind of stuff out to try to surprise Nick Saban, Pete Golding, and crew uh, when they roll in here. And uh, there's no doubt about it. It's going to be – I'm going to say it's going to be the biggest crowd to ever watch a football game in Oxford, Mississippi. What do you think? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's going to surpass 2014 because the stakes this late in the season are just that much more important. Absolutely huge. I mean, huge. And, and, you know, I'm going to pat my boy Jackson Dart on the back tonight. I mean, hey, no mistakes in an environment with 100,000 screaming for your head uh, in a tight ball game. I think Jackson Dart played very well tonight. And, you know, with each and every passing week, Ben, you're starting to see his managerial skills come out. He's, he's managing that offense. He's not doing – the ill-advised things he was doing earlier in the season. And that's because of primarily one guy, the quarterback whisperer, Lane Kiffin. I I mean, he's getting Jackson Dart to where he envisions Jackson Dart. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens from here on out, man. But, 
you know, great win tonight. Just, just a fantastic win for the Rebels. It all turned with that fake punt. This is a big one. And they're going to fake it. They need four, and Ole Miss gets it. There's an injured Aggie at the tail end of this play, but Ole Miss trying to seize momentum. That was a reviewable play. They reviewed that. I mean, and it was, oh, so close. He was hit behind the line of scrimmage, and he, he busted loose and lunged forward, barely got it. And how different could this game have been had that not been an Ole Miss first down that, that they went on and converted into a touchdown and A&M would have took over leading that deep in Ole Miss territory. That may have been a big hole to climb out of. Because that's when Texas A&M offensively was rolling. Yeah, they had it going on early. They, they definitely did. Um, you know, if you're looking for negatives in this, hey, Jordan Watkins has got to sure up his punt return skills. I mean, he, he missed one tonight that Ole Miss fortunately jumped on that would have given A&M the ball deep in Ole Miss territory. We saw him do that earlier in the year. And uh, that, that's got to be fixed. It's got to be fixed before the Alabama game because something that small could, could be the difference in the game. So, you know, a little, little bit concerned about that. Um, you know, Mason tonight, he, he averaged 45 yards a punt, but he did have that one short one in the game. But he made up for it with the 60-yarder. Uh, one, uh, one was inside the 20 tonight. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't a perfect game as we started this uh, podcast by saying it was an ugly win. You just got to fix the little things. You got to fix the little things. If you want to beat Alabama, if you expect to beat Alabama, yeah, you know, you've got to come with everybody ready and, and you can't have the little mistakes. And Ole Miss just had a few mistakes tonight, but if you make those mistakes against a team, a team, the quality of Alabama, they get amplified. Look, Ole Miss defensively did some good things tonight, but I'm in no way feeling better than I did after LSU, to be honest with you. Because, I mean, this was a true freshman who went 28 for 44 for 338 and four touchdowns. And you knew that they were going to feature Devin A-Chain and run him right at you. And he went for 25-138 for five and a half a carry. It's kind of shocking where they were, like 11th in scoring defense to where they are now. But they did show some positive signs but they also didn't face a running quarterback, and Bryce Young is a running quarterback. Uh, K.J. Jefferson's a running quarterback. Will Rogers can move as a quarterback. They've got plenty left on the schedule to where defensively you got two weeks to figure out how can you play defense more closely aligned to what you were doing in the first two months than what you've been doing for the last couple of weeks. Because, like, I know Troy Brown's banged up. Cedric Johnson's banged up. Getting this time off will be important for getting critical pieces back for your defense. But also, it's concerning when you knew exactly what Texas A&M was going to do, and you still, at least early on, couldn't figure out how to stop them. Yeah, yeah, and 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 there was one person that got a handoff tonight for A&M, not named Devin Atchain. One person, Connor Wigman ran the ball three times, the quarterback, and then the only other handoff went to Le'Veon Moss. Um, everything else was to A-chain, average five and a half yards per carry. Look, Alabama's got two or three A-chains. And, uh, you know, you, you're going to have to be ready to take that on. That's that's the bottom line. And, uh, you know, we, we'll see. But, uh, man, how about on the flip side, how bad's a and I, I, I mean, how, how funky is this program right now with Jimbo Fisher that, look, they can't fire Fisher. 
they'd pay they'd have to pay him $86 million after this season if they made a coaching change. So you know somebody out there is going to say, Jimbo, you've got to quit calling the offense. We've got to get a modern offensive coordinator in here, and uh, you're going to do this. Because they've got all the five-star talent in the world. I mean, Lane Kiffin said it after the game, you know, right out of his mouth. Yeah, tough to beat a team with all that five-star talent. Uh, was it a shot at Jimbo? Yeah, it was. Absolutely it was. Um, but, um, I mean, come on, man. you got to win some ball games if you're out there making that kind of money. With that kind of money engaged in the NIL game, it's uh, – it's it's just not a good formula, and our old buddy Ross Bjork is the figurehead above all that stuff out there. I look forward to hearing him tell their story, their side of the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Um, but um, that I mean, they've lost four in a row. They got Florida coming into College Station next week. They, they could beat Florida, but they could lose Florida too. They still have to play Arkansas and LSU. I mean, LSU, they've already lost. Uh, they beat Arkansas. But, uh, you know, it, the wins just aren't aren't necessarily there for the Aggies. They're not going to go to a post-game bowl, Ben. They're not going to win six. You can't pay them $86 million, though, to not coach for you. Yeah, but, you know, the $86 millions to win. Where are the wins? They're not there. Still $86 million. <laughs> $86 million. I'll predict this. Jimbo Fisher's terminal job will be Texas A&M. He, he's not going to show up coaching NC State or Syracuse or anybody like that. He's going to take his $86 million and retire. The whole vibe around that program. Like, here's the thing. Ole Miss didn't play great early, and it was initially pretty concerning because Ole Miss just looked like it was, it was hopeless. But they turned it around, they figured it out, and Ole Miss is talented, and it's got a strong direction and a figurehead in Lane Kiffin that knows exactly what he wants out of his program. And his entire program is fashioned in his image. This Texas A&M team feels lifeless, even when Ole Miss allowed them back into the game. Quinshawn Judkins breaks that run. Before that run, you never really felt like once Ole Miss took the lead that they were going to truly be threatened, which is crazy because Texas A&M – has a lot of talent, including a true freshman quarterback. I think I think Connor Wigman's going to be pretty dang good. Um, he was really good tonight, like you've talked about already. So, like, the talent is there, but it just – they still don't feel like a threat. They feel very lifeless. Yeah, and one recruiting note tonight, look, uh, four-star running back Kedrick Riscano, who uh, was committed to Michigan State. He took an official to Ole Miss for the Auburn game, was at Oklahoma State for an official last weekend. Uh, he was in the stands at Texas A&M tonight. And there's a little scuttlebutt out there that A&M's trying to get in on him late. Think about it for a minute. Who was A&M playing tonight? Ole Miss. And, and he's from New Caney, Texas, which is just right down the road from College Station. So, yes, he took a visit to Texas A&M. But do you reckon he came there to watch the Rebels play tonight? Partly, yes, of course, yes. I think he did. I think he did. So I wouldn't have too much fear about that. 34 for 205 for Quinshawn Judkins, 8 for 75 for Zach Evans. It was a good time to be at a game for Ole Miss. I mean, Ole Miss is already one of the best oh, yeah. rushing teams in the country, but what a good game to pick and to feature your running backs again. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And uh, 
Kedrick is is going to be back in Oxford either for the Alabama or the Mississippi State game. He tells me so. Um, just just kind of hang tight on him. This is the franchise player post game show. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels two four seven. If you haven't already subscribed, if you talk of champions and iTunes, and when you do, leave a five star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. Every single week, we hand out helmet stickers. Before we do, let's hear from Lane Kiffin. This is franchise player. So uh, eight and one sounds good, you know, to come on the road in front of, you know, 101,000 people, a really hard place to play. Like we said all week, they have great players. And we saw a number of those guys um, show up today, make huge plays for them. Um, you know, really, we have a really cool group of players uh, to see them come together and a lot of storylines in there, um, you know, to go on the road and win, you know, regardless of what the record was. This is a hard place to play. These, in my opinion, if you look at the last few years, you know they played much better at home than the road. So uh, this was very challenging, and um, you know said, you know we'd like to really get back after a game off of not running great. Um, so 63 carries, 309 yards rushing, um, you know against best players high school can provide. Uh, it's pretty impressive for our guys. Uh, Pretty cool day for Q. It is his 19th birthday today, so to come in here and carry the ball 34 times uh, for over 200 yards, pretty special by him. Questions? Uh, Lane, after that first quarter, but kind of scoring back and forth, in the middle part of the second quarter into the third, the defense seemed to kind of maybe figure something out. I mean, what did y'all see, and then what kind of job maybe adjust or just get them to figure out? Uh, we got a little more basic, um, and – you know, we're able to stop the run a little better. Uh, we did not do that well in the first half or some in the third quarter. Uh, the running back is an elite player. You know, and obviously, you know, you can see his speed and runs 10-3. Uh, so I thought we did a better job with that and a little bit of bend-don't-break uh, going on. And just after last week and heading into a bye, how big was this for you guys? Uh, it was huge. I mean, this would not be... You know, good feeling up here. Uh, you know, after a good start of the season of seven and zero, and then to go and two and sit in a bye, uh, I was. You know, buys to me always stink when you lose because you're sitting there and you can't win again. And when you win, it's kind of like, well, good. You watch half the teams uh, lose and you get healthy. So uh, this is coming in a really good time. We are not healthy. Uh, we have a lot of banged up players. A lot of them that are playing out there in very limited roles, significant players. So um, it was great to have some guys step up and made some significant special teams plays. Um, really good punt there at the end, milking it and um, putting them back there. And you know the guys executed a fake field goal to, or sorry, fake punt. You know they ended up getting us a field goal. Whose call was that fake punt? Was that you? Was that Marty? Just kind of where it come from? Um, that's me, so I would tell you the same. We didn't make it. I'm not trying to take credit. Um, he's done a great job with designs, just like the onside kick that we got over in the air. Um, but no, I, I'm not letting them call that and not work and never come here. <laughs> I know it's kind of obvious getting Zach back is good, but what kind of spark did that give to the offense having more multiplicity in the backfield? Yeah, he hasn't done very much and practiced all for a couple weeks, and so to be able to do that, and then he had the violent run on the sidelines uh, was really cool because that's unusual for a guy coming back from injury, you know, with a knee brace on to run like that. So uh, that was really important and gave gave Q a little bit of rest, not a whole lot of it, but that was really big. And this, you know, this is the third game 
SEC games and the Georgia Tech of over 60 carries in a game. You know, that doesn't happen very often. That's a lot of people doing things right, executing, you know, for almost a 400-yard game rushing. For Zach being a Texas native, I mean, how much did this game mean to him coming back to his home state for the first time since transferred to TCU to the U.S.? Yeah, he was excited. Still not 100%. He you know, would have scored on that one run, you know, had he been. Uh, but he was excited during the week, but more today. I think this morning he just kind of woke up and fought through the injury, you know, and just kind of walked by me and winked at me, you know, when, uh, when we were in the locker room getting changed before warm-ups. Like, I'm like, well, I don't know what that means. He's ready to go today. And so that's a very efficient day. 83 plays uh, with no turnovers. You know, so, you know, really good things today. Heavy in the run game. Was that something y'all saw, or was it just Zach saying he could go to give you two guys back there? No, I mean, obviously, there's schematical parts to it, and they played three down in the first series, and they got out of that after that series and went to four down, and so then we had to adjust more some different runs, uh, you know, which took us a little bit. They had a good little run there on defense and did a good job. Um, and again, you got to do things right. You know, you're, you're playing some of the best, best high school players ever. The best recruiting class in the history of football over there. So um, you saw some show up today. Quinchon's over a thousand yards now. I know we've talked a lot about him, but are you surprised at all with, with how he has sort of handled everything at such a young age? I am. But that's very unusual to turn 19 today and be an A&M and carry ball 34 times. They're like Derrick Henry carries when he was, you know, winning a Heisman three years old or so. You know, that's that's really special. And again, taking care of the ball, we got no turnovers amongst all these guys, number of guys playing hurt. And, um, and Jackson's very competitive. You know, he made some really good plays and some scrambles today. And, you know, again, there's a couple throws he would like to take back, I'm sure, that could have given us some more explosive passes. But he did a really good job. And you got some guys playing a lot of snaps. I mean, 83 snaps without penalties, so it's going to be more than that. And, Lyman played every one of them. Basically, those four receivers played 90 of them, 90% of them probably. As you guys were keeping the pace going, and started having a few minor injuries, would, would you kind of just make it that stop start kind of throughout the game? I mean, I'm not going to get very far into it, but I mean, you guys saw whatever it was. At one point, it was eight, I think, defensive injury timeouts, all on defense. So, you know, whatever. It is what it is. There's a way around the rule, and I'm not going to say they did it, but I'm into analytics. What are the analytics of that happening? And then seeing the players like a player or two later back out there. When you uh, when you came out onto the field after Mango's touchdown there, what were you trying to communicate with those? I just didn't want them to call it a, you know, the week before we threw a screen and they called downfield, which totally changed that point of the LSU game and had spent an hour on the phone with the head of officials during the week, how they communicate on the headset, the whole thing. So I'm like, all right, that's behind. He's throwing the flag. The line judge has a headset with him and he's supposed to tell him it's behind because they said it the other way last time, which they did. They officiated it right. They threw it and then they picked it up after talking um, and they reviewed it just to You, uh, so we could celebrate again. You touched on it earlier here, but what was your message to the guys after the win heading in now to this break? Get healthy, take care of yourselves. Um, you know, 
did a good job with academics, and um, you know, I got whatever three regular season games left against you know three really good teams in the SEC with a lot for stake. Coach, when there is a kind of war of words between yourself and Coach Fisher and other coaches in the SEC, how does that affect your motivation heading into each week? Is that something that you personally use to kind of push yourself and the team on towards successes like tonight? Yeah, I mean, I don't give you coach speak, so yeah, that's real. I mean, most coaches say you know, say no, but yeah, that's real. And someone attacks you personally and, you know, calls you and a good buddy, Coach Saban, they were both clowns. Um, you know, you take that personal. So, glad we won. I guess I can be a clown for Halloween now. <laughs> it seemed like you had a, had a couple conversations with maybe an AM player or two. What was that about? I just having fun with them. Those kids are, you know, highly energetic and like a lot of five stars, you know, um, kind of fun to mess with. So it was, it was all good. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone, from pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable, and my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com slash TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com slash TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions podcast network. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. All right, David, your first helmet sticker goes to who? Yeah, believe it or not, uh, I mean, we, we know who the obvious helmet sticker winner is, but I'm going to go with Jackson Dart for my first helmet sticker. The Ole Miss quarterback, 13 of 20, 140 yards, three touchdowns, 17 carries, 95 yards, no interceptions from Jackson tonight. And this was one of those kind of games where had there been an interception thrown into the mix, it could have changed the complexion of the game. No, no real mistakes from Jackson uh, that the naked eye could pick up on. And again, 
I saw progression tonight. I, I mentioned earlier, his managerial skills are getting really, really good. And I think tonight you really saw what the potential of Jackson Dart is. Yes, he only threw for 140 yards, but he made the right decisions. He led his team down the field. He did not make mistakes. Jackson Dart gets my first helmet sticker. He competes his ass off. I mean, multiple times he created an extended drive with his feet. He's a fearless thrower because he's still getting regular pressure in his face. The pass protection is still a problem, and yet he just keeps coming back and coming back and coming back. I mean, that that entire game, I mean, we could, we're going to talk about Quinshawn Judkins more and more and more, and understandably and justifiably so. But Jackson Dart, for me, isn't that far off from being a co-MVP for how he kind of ran things. Because he was yep. just, in my opinion, completely in control. All right. My first helmet sticker goes to Jonathan Mingo. Yes, he went for four for 89 and a touchdown. But it was more than that. With Ole Miss now no longer having Michael Trigg because of a broken collarbone, he's being used as an H-back tight end. He scored on that, that big gainer on a wheel route, coming out of tight end for like 50-something yards. Um, scored the touchdown, obviously, blocked really well. Zach Evans had a great play where they threw on a screen at the, on third down and he broke it for a big gainer. First, it was the seal by Jonathan Mingo, and Dayton Wade had a great block to spring him. They're making it work without Michael Trigg. Casey Kelly catches his first touchdown, but it's more than that. They're getting creative, and one of the creative ways they can do that is finding more ways to get the ball to Jonathan Mingo. So Jonathan Mingo gets my first helmet sticker because he's playing a – Swiss Army knife-like role for Ole Miss on offense. Jordan Watkins, we thought he was getting that entire role. And then tonight, it's Jonathan Mingo. Your second helmet sticker. Yeah, okay, I'm going to skip the obvious, and I'm giving it to Zach Evans. Look, Zach Evans, we didn't know if he was going to play tonight or not. Thought he was, but, you know, we thought he was last week against LSU. He played tonight. Uh, got up limping in the first quarter, but uh, found himself – Finished with eight carries, 75 yards, along the 28, averaged 9.4 yards per carry. Hey, he also had two catches for 30 yards. You mentioned uh, the 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 23 yard gain he got on the screen, but um, listen, that was not 100% Zach Evans. That was a Zach Evans that was going home tonight, playing in front of the hometown folks. He's from Houston, not very far from College Station, and. Uh, I, you know, I, I think you would have had to chain him to the bench to keep him off the field. And, uh, you know, his presence alone took some of the load off Quinshawn Judkins. That's funny to say when Quinshawn ran the ball 34 times, but it did. And uh, helmet sticker, Zach Evans. My second helmet sticker goes to J.J. Pegues. I've obviously already mentioned the fake punt. Defensively wasn't great. One thing that was consistently there that was encouraging that they can carry on into the bye we can build on for Alabama is the defensive line got consistent pressure. And J.J. Pegues, it felt like he was consistently getting into the Texas a and backfield, really leading a defensive line that needed a game like that. And I know that they don't have a scrambling quarterback, and that's a whole other problem that they haven't even solved yet, but they know how to defend this kind of quarterback and get pressure on this kind of quarterback, and they did that tonight. Your third helmet stick. Quinshawn Judkins, baby. Yep. 34 carries, 205 yards, a touchdown. It was his birthday. Happy birthday to Quinshawn. And, uh, again, I'll say this again because it warrants mentioning again. He is not only one of the best true freshman backs in America, he is one of the best running backs in America. It speaks volumes 
to Lane Kiffin's eye for recruiting. Okay. Quinshawn Judkins didn't have an Alabama offer, couldn't have went to Auburn. Ole Miss went into Alabama, took him out. And I guarantee Alabama and Auburn wish they had not let him slip through the cracks. I mean, he's over a thousand yards rushing in nine games. And we just talked about, you know, depending on how many games Ole Miss plays, minimum of four, maybe as many as five. This kid could run for 16, 1700 yards as a freshman. Is he a Heisman candidate? You're damn right he is. Somebody ought to be talking about him. He's not going to win it just because Hendon Hooker's going off at Tennessee. And, and, and look, I, I mean, Hooker's got mad stats. There's no doubt about it. He's a quarterback. But Quinshawn Judkins, he, he deserves to be mentioned in that race. I'm giving him my third helmet sticker, too. Um, I could say Dayton Wade because Dayton Wade was huge, not just as a pass receiver. He caught a team high five catch. Now for only 20 yards, but his touchdown catch was really impressive. High pointed the ball and uh, yeah. perfectly got his feet in, hands. It was, it was perfect. Um, but it's Quinshawn because he scored his 13th touchdown of the year, which puts him one touchdown shy of tying the Ole Miss single season record as a freshman. And he's sharing a backfield. As I retweeted before the game from Dane Brugler of The Athletic, he's sharing a backfield with a day one or two pick in Zach Evans. Well, and you think about it, even when the season started, and we all watched him in the spring and fall camp, and we knew Judkins was special, but he came in as the number two back behind Zach Evans. He's not the number two anything anymore. And you and I talked about 1A and 1B, and maybe Evans was 1A and Judkins was 1B. Quinshawn Judkins is 1A everything right now. Um, yeah, kudos to him, man. I mean, he, he is the real deal. Set up next week. Tell me what to expect, how you're feeling now defensively. You feel more confident now after Texas A&M that Ole Miss can hang against the Alabama. They didn't do enough. I don't know. Give me the general how to feel as Ole Miss prepares now for two weeks for Alabama. Well, you feel hopeful. You're, you're hopeful that they can beat Alabama. They, they did it in 14. They did it in 15. Uh, it's not easy to beat Alabama. We know that. You know, so, so that's how you feel is hopeful. You cross your fingers, cross your legs, hope everything goes Ole Miss's way, that they get all the breaks and they win that game. The Rebels, I predict, will be underdogs in that game. Um, and uh, you and I have both said we're not picking against Alabama to it's time to pick against Alabama. Well, maybe it is. I mean, they do have the loss on their ledger and then there've been a couple of games where they haven't played well, but um, this is a huge game. I mean, so if you're an Ole Miss fan right now, absorb it, soak it in, revel in it that for the next two weeks, your team is eight and one and you've got the biggest game in all of college football coming to Oxford. Um, and it's not just because of who you're playing, it's because of you too. So, you know, that, that would be my advice. You're, you're eight and one. I, I mean, you're one of the best teams in the country. You're playing one of the best teams in the country next time out. And, 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 and you know, I, I'll just issue this warning. Let's say Ole Miss beats Alabama. Man, they can't let their guard down for these last two games at Arkansas and State either. So, you know, 
through this treacherous five-game stretch, Ole Miss is one and one with three games left to play. Now, that may be the way you need to look at it. For me, I'm excited. I know what's coming on November 12th, and I'm going to relish it. I'm going to celebrate it. Um, that's just what I'm going to do. And if things don't go Ole Miss's way that day, that's okay too. We're going to live to fight on, and you you still got an opportunity to win 10 games. But right now, you've got an opportunity to win 12 or 13 games. So let's see. First college football playoff poll comes out Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Now, I'm not saying watch it or you know be, be ready for it, that Ole Miss is going to be in the top four. We know they're not. But they're going to be somewhere in that top 10. I do, I do believe that, and uh, that's before they ever play Alabama. So, you know, you got you got a reason to be interested in that now. I feel a great sense of relief after the Texas A&M game because I had like six of my friends text me within an hour of each other before the game. Hey, what do you think? You get these texts too. And every single one of them, I responded the same way. I was almost copying and pasting. Ole Miss wins, but it's miserable to watch. And it was pretty miserable to watch, to be honest with you. But Ole Miss won, and the fact that they won is all that matters to me because I feel like a lot of their problems – it sounds like an excuse – but a lot of their problems is like they need a break. They've played eight straight weeks of football. They really need a break because, I mean, you think of the consequential players who are playing through being hurt. Zach Evans, Cedric Johnson, uh, Troy Brown – A.J. Finley, on and on and on. Yeah, and, and Ben, they've actually played nine straight nine weeks. Nine straight weeks, yeah. Sorry. And, and, and a, a, a month-long fall camp in front of it. Um, I can tell you, those kids are tired. Their legs are weary. They need a break. And, and, and of course, the coaching staff has been resting them and nursing them along and getting them through this stretch. But – but they do. They need a little time off this week, and I hope they get it, just to uh, just just to kind of reboot a little bit. It's a three-game season now, and uh, they they've got to bring everything they've got. I was most encouraged by this. Past years, when it was rolling against them, was momentum early on, and it's fourteen to seven, and you're having to go for it on fourth down to feel like you can get some momentum on your sideline, and you get it. Typical years, former years, that spirals. almost doesn't get the fourth down. It's 21 to three, and it just becomes a snowball effect of misery. They just stayed steady. How they do you get steady. momentum? You, how do you get momentum? You steal it. You seize it. You yeah. seize momentum, and that's what Lane Kiffin did on the fake punt. He seized momentum. He took it out of Jimbo Fisher in Texas A&M's hands, and we saw how the rest of the game played out. Are you sticking with 10 and 2? You know, I said I was going to stick with with the 10 and 2 record way back when when I, when I said I think this team can be 10 and 2. A little bit different way of getting there. You know, I, I I've been open. I said their two losses would be at AM and against Alabama. Uh, they've got one loss now and it came to LSU and I thought they would beat LSU. Um, Alabama still to play. So um, so we'll see. And I'll also say this Arkansas with KJ Jefferson, that's a freaking nightmare. That is a nightmare of a game because not only can he throw it, KJ can run it like a Sherman tank. And um, 
you know, that's, that's going, I think that's going to be a shootout if you get favorable weather in Fayetteville that time of the year. Ole Miss is eight and one, four and one in the SEC, falling a 31 to 28 win over Texas A&M. This has been the franchise player post game show. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit, been on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels 247. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit on three. He writes for Inside the Rebels 247. We'll be back on Monday for Overreaction Monday, as we are every single week. Talk to you then, buddy. How many drunk cowboys in College Station at bars tonight firing Jimbo Fisher? Doesn't it feel good? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.